Well, happy afternoon before Thanksgiving. Looking forward to tomorrow, uh, near and far, family and friends. And if you don't have family and friends to be with, you've got us. WJR here seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And we'll have a special broadcast tomorrow morning from 6 till 9 as you're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Or if you're just getting up, getting on the road, working in the kitchen, whatever you might be doing. And I would remind you to download the WJR app. You can stream at WJR.com, Alexa, or Google Home. Uh, You can hear my complete show, uh, all the complete shows, podcast at TheGreatVoice.com. Thank you for streaming and for listening here on WJR. Big, big uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, Look, it's going to be busy. You know that already. We've got some of the parade company clowns out there, the Distinguished Clown Corps, right up until 2 o'clock, uh, welcoming people coming in to uh, most uh, of them coming into the Delta Airlines terminal. And they're going to be there to put a smile on their face, those clowns. We appreciate that. Uh, meanwhile, there's a lot of uh, bustling activity, the busiest travel day of the year, busier than it's been in 20 years. And it's all begun right now. So the uh, table centerpieces are placed, and food prep is underway for the big feast. Uh, A lot of people are going to be having food that didn't have it, thanks to WJR's Hunger Free in the D and the Tom and Vicky Chalani Foundation and Dario Bergamo. Uh, The final rehearsals are underway for America's Thanksgiving Day Parade, presented by Gardner White. Going to really get uh, millions of looks, because it's not just on Channel 4, starting at 10, after our 6 to 9 special show, but it's also going to be on stations uh, across the country for part of it, and uh, it's been voted the best Thanksgiving parade in all of America and continues to be because of a lot of hard work from Tony Michaels and his whole team that are working nonstop and without sleep. In this hour, you could win a stay-and-play package to see Elf the Musical in beautiful Marine City, courtesy of the Inn on Water Street. Great place. Stayed there. Broadcast from there in the past. And Thumb Coast Live Theater. So that's coming up this hour. Don't let me forget it. Uh, I won't forget it. Uh, a reeker. Now, what a great guy who's been a friend of ours forever, as long as we've known each other. You knew him as a radio play-by-play announcer for the Michigan Wolverines on this station. Uh, You knew him as a color uh, announcer before that and then color commentator for the Detroit Lions for 31 years. He's done his own sports television show, TV and radio shows about Michigan football. He, of course, played for Michigan. From 1969 to 1972, he was a standout offensive tackle. He's written two nonfiction books about U of M experiences, both of which were bestsellers in the sports area. Uh, uh, and, and he's got some of those like or, uh, books on tape that he does that are spectacular. And maybe the smartest thing he ever did was he married Robbie Timmons a number of years ago from Channel 7. I think you would agree with me, Jim. That's one of your good accomplishments, right? Probably at the top of the list, Paul. It was 43 years ago. No way. Yep. Oh, 43 boy. years ago, 1980, uh, Robbie and I got married, and it's been a wonderful ride ever since. Oh, that's fabulous. I'm so happy for you. So what do you do after all the years of being on JR and elsewhere, uh, doing color, doing play-by-play, what will you do special <laughs> Saturday for this special game? 
I'll go to the game and I'll bleed maize and blue and I'll root like a crazy man. And I'm so glad you're doing this. I had a guy earlier this week text me and said, boy, I remember the days when the morning show before the Ohio State-Michigan game was filled with Michigan players like Ron Kramer and you had great stuff going on. He said, I miss those days. And then I got a call that you wanted to talk Michigan-Ohio State and I said, God bless Paul W. Smith. Keeping the tradition alive, my man. You know, we have done it a lot in the past after JP was doing it. We did it, too, but we carried Michigan football. It's much harder now. You know, I root for Michigan State except for one game, and and Michigan State is our team. So, But for me as a graduate, lucky enough to be a graduate at uh, U of M, you know how I feel. You know that I bleed maize and blue. You and I remember uh, Bob Eufer and and all the, the great times and... And uh, I just, you know, it, it occurs to me it's a different time, isn't it? I mean, Jimmy, uh, here's all this talk now about does Jim Harbaugh respect Ryan Day? Does Ryan Day respect Jim Harbaugh? Oh, my God. I mean, are you kidding me? What has this become, a popularity contest? But I will say this, and you, you'll you tell me if I'm wrong because you knew them both well. I interviewed them both, and I felt pretty close to Bo only once with Woody, and then he found out I was a reporter and hung up on me, but... I would say that Bo and Woody certainly respected each other. Oh, there's no question. Bo and Woody respected each other about as much as you can. They were also rivals. But, I mean, Woody came up and and did many things for Bo. The first dinner that he took outside of Columbus after Woody Hayes was let go, after the incident uh, against Clemson in the Gator Bowl, the first dinner he took outside of the town was in Ann Arbor with Bo Schembechler and Jerry Hamlin. Oh, boy. And right before Woody died, they went and did an event down in Bowling Green, Ohio, and one of the main speakers for Woody that night was Bo Schembechler, who went to Bowling Green to do it, and Bo was sitting in the audience, and Woody said to the guy running the show, I need another uh, setting up here on the dais next to me because Bo will sit next to me. And that's the God's truth. That's how much respect they had for each other. That's a story we wouldn't have known if you didn't tell us, Jimmy Brandsitter. Oh, my God, that's a great story. Now, yeah, it was about I, two weeks later that Woody passed away. I know that out of respect you just called it the incident, but for people who don't remember, Woody <laughs> had a little issue with his temper that even sometimes lashed out at other players along the sideline. Yeah, he uh, a young man from... Clemson intercepted a pass that was thrown in the Gator Bowl game to really end the game and was right in front of the Ohio State bench. And Woody uh, just kind of lost his temper, or as Bo liked to say, you know, Woody was severely diabetic, and he and Bo always claimed that Woody had kind of one of those diabetic problems where you kind of don't know what you're doing. And he did try to wrest the ball from the young man's arms, and it looked quite a bit like a punch. So... <laughs> Woody didn't survive that. Uh, after he let, he was like, oh, this guy's an icon. Uh, after he was let go, he called Bo up. And Bo and Jerry Hanlon and Woody had dinner together very privately at a place in Ann Arbor. And that was the first dinner Bo, uh, Woody had with anybody uh, after that incident happened. Yeah. Well, it was a tough one. You, you had to love the spirit, the fire of both Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes. But, of course, uh you had to draw a line, and that line was drawn with Woody, and it was it was tough. There's no question about it. Still, still in the uh, 
the hallowed halls of uh, history for Ohio State and for for Big Ten football. Let's face sure. it. Sure. Yeah. So what do you what do you think of the game coming up well, Saturday? I, I like your your take on it that it, and I think part of the problem with this whole everything surrounding the game with Jim Harbaugh does he like Ryan Day does Ryan like Day it's all the social media driven stuff, and that's I think a shame. And in my humble opinion, social media in many ways is a cesspool, and this is the worst part of it. Instead of celebrating the players. And on both teams, and the great accomplishments that both teams had, we got to make some kind of a soap opera drama about it. And I prefer the old style. You and I, let's go line up, let's go eleven on eleven, and let's play football and talk about the game. That's what's important. And yeah. uh, I think we all ought to kind of go there instead of, you know, trying to figure out what's going on outside the game. I can tell you this: you and me, and another great coach, Tom Izzo would just as soon wish there weren't any social media influences. He's so sick and tired <laughs> he's a, of them. He's a, he's a very smart man. I like Tom Izzo a lot. Me too. I miss him. I miss him. Yeah. i got to give him a call. Hey, um, your favorite side for Thanksgiving? Um, I have a corn pudding that I just absolutely love. And it's made with Jiffy Mix cornbread mix from right here in Michigan. Oh, that's fabulous. Do you actually make it, or does Robbie oh, make yeah, it? Oh, yeah, I make it. I make oh. it. It's a it's a simple and great recipe. It's called corn pudding. Paul, it's great. I'll text you the recipe. Text it, and I'll put it on my Instagram, Paul W. Sminsta. I'll put it on my Instagram. You get it to me as soon as you can. I, I'll try to do that right away. Jimmy, love you and miss you, and thank you for all you've done and all you continue to do for folks. Uh, you're a great man. Thank you, Paul. How can people find your books? They just go to Amazon.com, look for Voices of Michigan Stadium, or you can go to Apple Books, search Voices of Michigan Stadium, and you can get the audio copy uh, or the paperback. So uh, the audio is, I think, much better. It's a lot of fun to hear the intensity of Bo Schembechler's voice. All the great voices in the Michigan past, like Ron Kramer, Forrest Eveshevsky, Desmond Howard. So that's where to go get it. Kim and I send you and Robbie, Robbie Timmons, we remember from Channel 7, Jim Brandstetter, we send you our love for the holiday. We give thanks for you being around and, and being able to call you friend. Well, back at you, Paul. We continue in focus on WJR.